0: You are listening to To the Top Talk with Jamie Arrington. Thank you, Jamesy. And Jason Bailey. Bump is uh, pretty good. But the reality is, they don't know, man. I've been looking forward to To the Top Talk. You know, I have that with myself every night. Every day, anything we do it's Southern this to the top. What's going on? What's happening? How you guys doing? Welcome to To the Top Talk with Jamie Arrington and Jason Bailey. Here with your break from all of the hiring Sports 5 propaganda and the mainstream sports media to talk about the University of Southern Mississippi Golden Eagles. I'm Jamie Arrington. With me is Jason Bailey. Take it away, Jason.
1: Greetings and salutations, my man. This is, uh, it's, it's been a while since we've done a show after a W. So this, um, <laughs> I guess I have to get used to this feeling, but uh, I sure would like to get used to it a little bit more.
0: Well, that's right. We're coming off of a six-game losing streak. If you go all the way back to last year, so it has been uh, about ten months since we've been able to uh, have an episode after a football win.
1: It's weird just even thinking about what I'm gonna like. You know, as I was driving around, uh, well, uh, yesterday and today, it's kind of where I tend to just something comes to me. And I just gather my thoughts and I figure out, you know, if we do a show that week, what I'm gonna say. And for a while now, it's just, you know, you're, you're racking your brain about what can we do better and, and, uh, you know, where it all went wrong. And so this time, you know, you're just, you're driving around like, um, man, it was, it was all pretty good, <laughs> you yeah, know? Absolutely. So, so it's, it's cool, man. It's, I'm, I'm happy for these guys and, um, happy for us and happy for just everybody involved and, 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 and hopefully the rest of the year kind of goes like that one did.
0: Well, before we get into last weekend's game and this upcoming weekend's game, we probably need to touch on the big elephant in the room, uh, Hurricane Delta, which is out in the Caribbean as we speak, as we are recording. When you listen to this, it will likely be in the Gulf of Mexico, so it is a, a storm that is pre- predicted to be making landfall um, later on Friday, earlier on Saturday morning. And if you look at the cone right now, we are, we of course, we are in the five day cone, um, but it has, has moved slightly to the west. So this is going to be something that the administration is going to keep an eye on. They, they, they put out a statement earlier today saying they were going to monitor the situation and, and, you know, remain, remain in contact with the officials as to make a decision because not only does it affect us, it affects FAU and FAU's travel. But as the day's gone along, the path of the storm has shifted further west having it uh, more into Louisiana. Um, half the Mississippi coast isn't in the cone right now. So, you know, this could be a totally different story tomorrow morning. This, you know, these things always jump around and move and change. But the, the good news for us, as far as this possibly being a game, of course it sucks for whoever it hits, but it's a very compact storm. It's a very strong storm mm-hmm. right now. It's a category four storm right now, but it's very compact. It's not as wide reaching as some of the, like a hurricane Laura was. So, you know, If you're that, that's it's probably good to wait on whether or not to cancel or postpone or or move around this game any just to kind of see how it goes. And I would imagine the decision likely won't be made until probably either late Wednesday night or Thursday, if I'm just going to, you know, throw that out there. But I think there is a possibility now with this shift that if it stays going that way, we may be able to make this game happen. And there's no reason to
1: jump the gun. I mean, heck, this is what we've been doing all year. We've been waiting to see if, you know,
0: whether it's a storm
1: or COVID or, or whatever, if we're actually going to be able to play a game that weekend. So I think, you know, all, uh, uh all involved are, are well versed on, on how to, you know, take their time and, uh, and make the best decision. But after this thing goes through the Yucatan Peninsula tonight, I think it's tonight. Is that tonight where it's making landfall?
0: Yes, that's this correct. It's Tuesday. Yes, okay. it's Tuesday, and then they they have it. I think it'll come out the other side tomorrow afternoon, which is Wednesday afternoon. Yeah,
1: and you know this is the time where everybody's kind of glued to the Weather Channel, and you know myself included, and we all kind of become experts for this time of year on stuff like millibars, <laughs> you know, and and storm path and cones. So, um, but if it does continue to shift west, first of all, that'll be the third bullet that we've dodged this year and generally south mississippi but hattiesburg and you know uh in particular so that would be great um it would be good for me like you said it's gonna suck for whoever it hits but um it's not like we've never played in inclement weather before i think back to um the louisville game with teddy bridgewater when we probably should have won that game um but we decided to throw a a halfback pass across the field into a literal tropical storm to a quarterback at the very end. That didn't work out. Um, <laughs> and and it seems like there's been another game or two that tailgating. I remember there being tropical storm um, situations out there. So it's not like we haven't done it in the past, but um, it's definitely too early to make that call right now.
0: And that, you know, I think of the, the uh, excuse me, the Louisiana tech game back in 2011, where it was a, it literally was a tropical storm. And um, it was—I had a blast that game. The game went. Was much-
1: that the one where uh where we made like a fifty-yard field goal to win it?
0: I can't. My memory is a little fuzzy from that game. <laughs> I have some pictures where I'm wearing a poncho soaking wet. Uh, but it was a. It was, I mean, I think it was like a nine o'clock game or something. It was something wild like that. But it was. It was a lot of fun. But. You know, Make no mistake that this is a Category 4 right now. It's still projected to be a major hurricane when it makes land, which is a Category 3 or higher. Uh, it'll probably lose some strength going over the Yucatan Peninsula, and then the waters are a little cooler towards the northern part of the Gulf. So maybe that will bode well for whoever this hits, but uh, it doesn't look like it's going to be a direct hit like, say, a Camille or a Katrina. It looks like it's going to be something that's going to go through Louisiana before it comes this way in the first place. So, you know, if it's category four, you know, we, we might not be able to play, but sure. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, I, I, but like you said, I think this is something you, you, you can't make a rash decision on because I mean, you remember the, the last hurricane that came through a few weeks back, it, it kind of turned further, further at the last minute and, um, jumped over and got the folks over in Mobile and and Pensacola. So you you, you really – I don't guess we're ever really going to be out of the waters as long as it's in the Gulf. But uh, I do feel better now about there being a possibility of the game given the track that's changed uh, as the day's gone on. So we'll see what happens. Sure thing. All right, so let's talk about it. Let's talk about the game this past weekend. Southern Miss defeating – the North Texas Mean Green by a final score of 41 to 31. Before the game started, we got some news on via Twitter. The first one was about us saying that Southern Miss was going to have several starters out on the defense, and then there was another tweet that came out shortly thereafter that said that um, that UNT was going to have quite a few people out. Uh, this is Pete Thamel, the one that. You know, wrote, Mm -hmm. that wrote the tweets and, uh, but they didn't say who the names were. We kind of have some guesses as to who they may be. There were several players that did not play. I don't know if it was COVID related. I don't know if it was injury related, uh, but there were several players who, who weren't uh, active or visible. And, uh, so we're, you know, you could assume those were probably the ones that were out, but both teams kind of handicapped in this game and it, it, you know, it was a sloppy game in some ways, but the Golden Eagles really showed a lot of heart and, and came out there and took the win.
1: Yeah, you know, I want to th- – was it 56 players that we had make the trip? Is that right?
0: Was, I think Scotty said it was 53.
1: 53, I and mean, that's NFL. That's an NFL roster, you know? Um, And I think travel is normally 70. So, yeah, we were, we were way, way, way down. And um, But, you know, we got to see some new faces. We got to uh, – it seems like – and that's, that's something that I'm having to do every single week. I know it's still early in the season, and we had a lot of guys leave and all that, but it seems like every week I'm having to learn a new guy who uh, who catches my eye out there, and, um, and that's cool. And you're right, man. They couldn't have played any harder all game. I was really kind of worried about the offensive line, what was going to happen there with all the shakeups that we've had, with Trace going down with the uh, – I think it was an emergency appendectomy there, so – that but but i think the, i think that the offensive line ended up being kind of a bright spot um and you know you mentioned that both teams were handicapped a little bit but you know you still got to strap it on you still got to play and and i thought our guys just kind of took
0: it to them all night long i agree well let's get it started let's talk a little good bad and need to work on you want to get it started on the good okay uh good so
1: um, I'm just gonna start it off like this. I thought the white uniforms uh, looked awesome. I'm talking about clean, man. These things look very sharp. Um, and we were kind of joking around on Twitter that the only thing maybe I would add is that white helmet. I think you pointed it out. Uh, uh, Akeem Davis was doing an interview, and he was sitting next to this white helmet on on the uh, on his desk there that none of us have ever seen worn. That would be super duper awesome. But uh, but yeah, I thought the I thought the unis just looked tight out there.
0: There's a couple of helmets there that are kind of demo helmets that they've had in the background over the past few years of of interviews uh, that we've never used, but and I'm sure that's one of them. And I liked, like it, – like it's – I forgot what the term is for those Adidas uniforms, but they don't have the scaly look to them. Uh, the only thing I would like to see is I would like to see our font, our number font back. Like I, I know we had to go with a different font when we first went with Adidas, and, and I get that they may want to stay uniform across the board, but you know it's not the Southern Miss font on, on these unis, and I I would like to see that come back. And um, but they did look they did look very clean the other night.
1: And I guess a lot of things just look, you know, we've talked about it before, but everything looks good when you win,
0: <laughs> right? So, right. Absolutely. So I mean, heck,
1: as, as much as I like those black, the, the black uniforms, that kind of look like the Chicago White Sox, and some people complain because there's no gold on it. Those look awesome, but we've worn it twice now and lost both times. So maybe I just have, you know, rose colored glasses here with the uh, with the white units from the other night, but they did look good, man. They, they look, they look good, and um, and they looked even better after a W. Well,
0: I'll go with my first good, and I'm just going to put this all under one bucket and say the running game. Um, of course, the player of the game, according to Southern Miss, who they named player of the game uh, this week, is uh, Frank Gore Jr., who kind of had his breakout game here. It was apparent that we were down several running backs. Don Ragsdale did not play. Um, oh, what's the – I went blank for a second there. Perk, Kevin Perkins, did not play either. Right. So mm-hmm. you had those two guys down. So Frank Gore Jr. and Darius Mayberry. Made his season debut. You know, he's a guy who has been battling injuries the past few years, and it was really good to see him get in the game there. So Frank Gore Jr., 23 carries for 130 yards and one touchdown. The first running back this season, and I don't know how long it's been since we've had a running back top 100 yards. Uh, what? Well, it's right here in the notes. DeMichael Harris did it November 16th, 2019, last year. So, That's the last time we've had somebody top 100 yards. That's kind of a goal I think you want to have every single game. But uh, Frank Gore did it. He got some attention. He got some play in the media because of that. And then, like we said, Darius Mayberry had a great game. He had two touchdowns, uh, 17 carries for 55 yards. uh, And the, the previous two years, after coming back from his injury, he only had 29 carries for 64 yards. So he just about matched that on less carries and he scored his first collegiate touchdown so it was really really awesome to see both of those guys kind of show out in this game
1: yeah i think you can tell mayberry's been in the weight room a little bit too Uh, he's getting a lot thicker he's still got that burst and we all knew he had speed coming out of uh, clinton high school up there uh around jackson but uh but yeah it was nice to see him get back it was it was kind of like very similar to what you know d baker did the week before i know d had a rush or two this past game also but um that, that's another guy that they always talk about this stable that we have in the running back room. And, and it looks like we're going to need them because every single week somebody else has to try to step up. But, but yeah, overall, I mean, 202 yards rushing. Well, when's that happened the last time? I don't know if you had that note in front of you, but I don't, I don't remember that the last me. It's time. It's been quite a minute. It, I bet we've had way more games under 100 than we've had over 200 <laughs> in the past few years. Yeah. Um, and it ran the ball a lot, 46 attempts, 4.4 uh, yards per carry. So, yeah, I mean, if, if you ever want to give Jack a little bit of assistance and, and open up those passing lanes and keep the safeties back and and all that, uh, this is the way to do it. If, you know, as soon as they have to, to respect the run, then everything else just kind of opens up. Well, heck, we learned that back with Fedora, right? So, it, it, you know, we'll, we'll see whether it was just a flash in the pan um throughout the rest of the year but with a depleted offensive line um you know and running guys who are you know relatively I mean new even though Nate, even though Mayberry's been here for a little while he's still relatively inexperienced as far as a ton of playing time and then Frank Gore Jr. was playing high school football last year so to have 202 yards rushing against a quality North Texas team away um that was just yeah that, that was that was definitely in the good column.
0: Well, and this I guess we can make this a different good, but it kind of ties in together. But I thought the, the offensive line played a great game. You know, redshirt freshman Louis Smith, a.k.a. Lucifer, made his <laughs> first career start uh, for the Golden Eagles with with Tra- Trace Clopton being out. Had a really solid game, was able to really open up those running lanes. Arvin Fletcher, that was his 40th consecutive start. So uh, congratulations Goodness. to him. Wow. I think uh, Foxworth got banged up a little bit in the game, if I'm not mistaken. So, and, and that's another thing with the church We're going to have some injuries that uh, we're going to have to deal with in addition to the players that are going to be out with COVID. So we're going to have another week this coming week where we're going to still be down some players. But I thought that the offensive line had a really solid game. They were able to get that running game going. Jack didn't have his best game passing, but he had a pretty solid game nonetheless. And uh, it it sure helped the way he looked out there having that running game to kind of complement the passing game. This for this particular game.
1: Yeah, and just body language wise, and just and how he had command of the game the whole time, and just never looked panicked, never looked jittery. I thought Jack acted like a leader last game. Not that he doesn't always do that, but um, and maybe maybe it all goes does go hand in hand. If you have the if you have the running game, and you realize you don't have to do it all yourself uh maybe it does go hand in hand but i don't know about you but it looked to me like jack was really just kind of you know just you know damn it we're not losing this game
0: right and i loved when jack had a touchdown after jack's uh one of his touchdown passes he kind of looked at the unt sideline and kind of nodded i mean it was just <laughs> but there was a lot of trash talking going on in that game but i want to throw this in about louis smith he uh the, the guy he was lined up against the, the nose tackle Dion Noble is is a guy that's you know up for all conference consideration. You know he's he's one of the better nose tackles in the league, and I thought that uh, Lucifer more than handled his own in that regard. So it was it was really encouraging to see a uh, even as a redshirt freshman, it was really good to see him go out there and and uh, you know like, get some holes for the for the uh, running game.
1: Absolutely, man. Uh, the, the next one on the good side here I have is. Uh, well, I, you know, there's two things. I have two things here. I have penalties and I have coaching, but I think they kind of go hand in hand. Penalties. Uh, I don't know about you, but but the past few years, we've been a, like a really undisciplined team a lot. Um, and I don't know if the referees are just not calling a lot um, or, or what it is. But but, you know, it's kind of since Scotty's taken over. You know, we haven't had a lot of penalties uh, this year, and and on top of that, we had some plays the other night. I don't know if you remember, but where we were, we were kind of provoked after the play was over and didn't respond. You know, where and and I think that I think that goes back to coaching and then, uh, another part of coaching. Um, you know, like like the uh, the, the pooch play that we kicked and North Texas did not fair catch it. And my man Malik Shorts goes down there and recovers the kick for you know a de facto onside kick. Uh, versus right there at the end where Brownlee, our guy, tips the ball out of bounds on an onside kick. That goes back to coaching as well, I think. Um, on on one side, North Texas didn't do a very good job of it. Obviously, weren't prepared for it. And on our side, either it was just incredible instincts by Brownlee, or they had been coached on it. Either way, we came out looking great on both sides of that.
0: You, know, you talk about the penalties. So we were, uh, we had two penalties for ten yards. They had two penalties for twenty yards, and there were some times in that game where I felt like we got some breaks that we might not have gotten in the past. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it was good to see us get some calls that, you know, there was a couple of them to be fair that I didn't think we're going to go our way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but they did. So we'll, we'll take them anytime we can get them. Uh, my next good, I'm going to throw this ba- him back in here again this week. Big play, Jason Brownlee had a 68 yard, uh, touch, touchdown catch to begin the second half. Uh, this is his third straight game with a touchdown. He finished with four catches for 110 yards and a touchdown. So that's his second game in a row, uh, with 110 yards receiving. He is, is really a guy that's, uh, kind of started to show out, especially with Tim Jones being out. Really
1: starting to come into his own a little bit, and I'm I'm really getting used to uh, or, or really enjoying watching him kind of develop right in front of our eyes. Uh, he's looked the part the whole year, uh, or you know since he got to campus, but he's kind of you know becoming a golden eagle I think for me right now instead of just a football player there, and and it's it's fun to see man. I mean because that's what that's what Southern Miss does. I mean Southern Miss you know the guys that maybe aren't the most highly recruited in the world, but they come in and then all of a sudden you're like what in the hell? Like, why wouldn't everybody in the country recruiting these guys? Because they just show their heart and determination and do things like, you know, the 80-yard touchdown grab and the tipping the ball out of bounds right there at the end on the hands team. It's a starting wide receiver out there doing that, you know? So, very cool. So, uh, really, really glad we got him on, on our side. And, and he's going to do nothing but get better.
0: DeMarcus Jones is another guy. Had his first touchdown catch at a 22-yard Touchdown reception in the first quarter. So congratulations to him. He's another guy that's kind of starting to make waves. Uh, do you have another good? I do not. I'm going to give you a couple here on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, TQ Newsom, who was a, a running back prior to this season, a freshman out of Gulfport. They had him in there. He had a, a really solid game for having not much experience at linebacker. Uh, Dominic Cuellone had a, a strip sack and TQ Newsom recovered that fumble so I thought that was really awesome. Uh Terry Scary Terry Cherry had his first career sack. <laughs> Hayes Maples had a, his um he had uh 10 tackles on the game. So and we had three forced turnovers, which is is pretty was, is pretty solid. I mean, that's something another thing we've struggled with has been the um the turnover margin. Mhm. And then, if you want to look at the special teams, Kyle Hemby uh, had a blocked field goal to end the first half. It kind of kept the momentum going for uh for Southern Miss heading into the half and halftime. And then Briggs Bourgeois had a 46-yard uh, field goal. He is two for two on kicks of 40 or more in his career. So great game for Briggs. What did you have? Did you have anything for bad?
1: You know, and and a a lot of that right there, you're talking about the breaks that we had. And a lot of it, you know, we created those breaks for ourselves. Right. You know, good breaks come, you know, like if if you're in good position and, you know, all that, then breaks tend to go your way. But in my opinion, um, and maybe this is just a step towards becoming that complete football team. We only got one win this year. We got one we probably should have won and one we just got completely embarrassed. So what kind of team do we have? I don't know. This is probably a step in the right direction. But – With all of the breaks that we got, in my opinion, we probably should have rolled North Texas, you know, um, by by more than ten points. I mean, I, I know that we never gave up the lead, and we always, you know, had them there. But I thought we had to, you know, if if we do fully take advantage of all of the breaks that we got, a really good team, you know, I mean, probably does what Tulane did to us, right? So um, if, if you want to put that in the bad category we made all the breaks I get it. this is really not even a bad what do you say about that about that game We've lost a, you know a bunch of games in a row we come out and we win there's hard determination and all that but if you want to put something in the bad category, I, I think that that might be one that you could do just hey that's good, but you got to get better and, and you got to keep doing it and um, down the road um, if you don't take advantage of those breaks like we probably should have, then it might come back to bite you.
0: I'll give you another bad, and this is something that we mentioned last week. Uh, UNT was 11 for 19 on third down. You know, the past few years, we've done a really good job with our, uh, percentages on third down, and, and this year, not so much. And, and I totally understand we have a lot of guys out. We have a lot of new guys. There's a, there's a lot of obstacles. So, I mean, it's kind of what it is at this point, but, Moving forward, that's something that we definitely need to do a better job of. It would we definitely need to get those percentages down a little bit if we're going to keep winning football games. No doubt. And you know, back to bourgeois for a second.
1: Do you have any idea while we're just while we're just going pooch kick every time? Is that just to save some energy? I know we, we don't have a lot of people on the field. We don't have a lot of people on the sideline or anywhere. Are we just pooching? Because this guy, I mean, we, we've seen him kick it. He can kick it like, you know, through the end zone and like over the athletic center. Um, is I, that just a, just a strategy that is, I, I don't know much about?
0: Well, I think they it's something they saw this past week that they wanted to take advantage of. And it, it you know, the, the first kick of the game, the guy brought it back into near midfield. So I think that they kind of wanted to keep it out of the returner's hands, and, and they were able to almost get the onside kick from that. Uh, so usually I think you'd get the, they'd get the ball down around the 25 or the 30. So in essence, it was a lot like uh, kicking out the back of the end zone. So I'm assuming that they kind of were respecting that returner a little bit and saw something there that they thought they could take advantage of. But that's just me, without any knowledge of the situation, just making an observation.
1: Right. Well, I got you. Well, you know, and it was – Hey, it all worked out. Let's, let's keep doing it if we're going to do it. But yeah, it's just, you
0: know, I don't know. Briggs has got a pretty good leg. Who knows? What about need to work on?
1: Need to work on? I have one thing. I have a lot of these deep patterns uh, throughout our secondary. Um, you know, to, I mean, bluntly, we just got lucky <laughs> on a couple yeah. of them. Like, you know, we, we were beat uh, and either dropped it or the pass was overthrown or just, you know, they weren't in sync or whatever it was. But uh, either way. Not that we were totally out of position. We, we didn't get completely uh, toasted, but there was definitely a score or two that North Texas had just kind of literally at their fingertips. And um, and I thought we got I thought we got a little bit lucky.
0: I got one here that uh, need to work on staying healthy. Yeah, and I mean this I know some of it's unavoidable, but uh, with COVID, I mean continue to take the precautions. You're getting into the cooler weather the aerosol droplets aren't going to evaporate as easy. It's going to be a bit of a problem. So we can't afford to lose any more players, especially this week where we're already down quite a few. Mm -hmm. Um, So we got to do a better job of staying healthy. And I don't think there's, I'm not saying that there was anything intentional done there, but that's something we got. We definitely have to do a better job of if we want to keep winning football games.
1: And that's the thing that everybody was talked about before the season started was these soft tissue injuries. Um, and here they come. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, it, you know, sure would be great to have all those guys that adopted out, but that's neither here nor there. We got what we got, and I like the guys that we got. But you're right. I mean, whatever precautions that you can take, um, you got to take them, and, and you got you have to be sound technically too, right? I mean, that's that's part of injuries also. If you let your guard down, if you if you get a little bit unsound technically, then <clears throat> injuries can happen. So. But I mean, the good thing is we have got a whole bunch of guys that want to be out there and want to play. Uh, the bad thing is a lot of them don't have a lot of experience. Uh, right. So, but they're getting it. They're getting it right now. Everybody's got a chance to come back again next year. Man, we got we got a cool team. We, we, we got you know, if you really think about the group that we've ended up with here, you know, th- there's there's a lot of guys that um, that that I mean, y- you really know who wants to play football at this point and 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 every one of them knows they don't have to everybody knows that they can come back next year and just do it you know for, for with no penalty so it's nice to know they're out here it's nice to know that they care it's nice to know the guys like you know Brownlee can be in there at the end and kind of saving the game on a hands team play and uh heck we got you know we got a, we got a coach kind of in the same situation we i mean you know i don't know maybe maybe this whole deal is kind of galvanizing the team um i'm not sure but it's it's I feel like we're starting to get an identity a little bit, and I think that identity is—it's got to do with you know being scrappy, and being um being hard nosed and 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 just you know just doing all you can to beat the guy in front of you. And I mean that's kind of what Sutter Miss has been about for the last eighty years or so. So it's nice to see us get back to that.
0: Yeah, I definitely you definitely can see the energy. You can feel the energy coming from those guys. And it just, yeah, it's, 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 it's kind of refreshing. And, and, you know, given the way the season started and given away the circumstances that we're going to have to face for the rest of the year, it's, it's going to be a tough haul, but I, I definitely think that the players will definitely come out better on the other side from all this. And I think we're going to have some fun watching them regardless of what happens. Absolutely. Well, let's touch on the schedule real quick. So this coming up weekend, we are scheduled to take on Florida Atlantic at 3 p.m. at The Rock. That game will be broadcast on Stadium. Um, I don't know where to even begin to tell you to go look for that game. <laughs> but uh, the past two weeks, the games have been on some of the Fox Sports channels, so I would start there. Then the following week, uh, we will be at UTEP. That's on October 17th. That game will take place at 6.30 p.m. Central Time, and it has been picked up by ESPN2. So we have another nationally televised game on ESPN2. Um, So two ESPN2 games this season, and it's been quite some time since we've had that, uh, especially since we're not playing on Tuesday nights anymore.
1: (laughs) Yeah, no doubt. Um, It is good. Um, I haven't had any problems getting the game so far. I've had to look around a little bit more than I would normally have to look around, but I know guys like Shane, that's, uh, that's our good buddy, uh, over in North Carolina, he's had all kind of problems trying to find the game. So, I, mean, I guess it's good that you can at least have an avenue in which to watch it. Uh, it's bad when it seems like there's so many other ways that we can go, uh, especially with ESPN3, and and you know we're just stuck on this whatever it is. But you know, at the end of the day, I, I think they've done a good job on the broadcast and all that. It's just it, it, sh- it should probably not be this hard to figure out how to watch a football game.
0: <laughs> Right, right. <laughs> so let's touch on the game this coming up weekend. If, if we were to pull off the victory this weekend, it would be, it would snap a four game home losing streak. And that would be incredible because it's been pretty brutal leaving the rock the past four times. So <laughs> the yes. game this Saturday, October the 10th, 3 p.m. on stadium slash probably some Fox channels. You're going to have to look, do that, do your due diligence on that. Um, but the game is going to be at the Rock, so looking forward to having another home game. Florida Atlantic leads this series two to nothing. They've beaten us twice. If you can recall, back early in Munkins' era, they defeated Southern Miss 41 to seven back in uh, 2013, and then they defeated the Golden Eagles last year in Boca Raton, 34 to 17. So this is a school that uh, you know has found some success recently and one that we feel like traditionally we probably should beat. So when the, the line was announced on this game, they were announced to be a six point favorite on Sunday. And that line is now down to two and a half. So if there's been quite a few bets placed on the golden Eagles. I don't know what that, in, that fully entails, but um, I just want to win, man.
1: Sure thing. I mean, well, it's hard to kind of get a, a good read on what FAU is going to have really. I mean, they have, they played one game this year. They had two games canceled, uh, the Minnesota and Stony Brook games. They had two games postponed South Florida and Georgia Southern. So they have one, uh, they have one game they've played and they get, and they beat Charlotte who, you know, I'm not sure what Charlotte's got, but I don't think they have much. Uh, and honestly, I thought that FAU would probably roll. Um, and they didn't, uh, 21 to 17 victory over Charlotte. And, Interesting tidbit here. They scored all 21 points in the second quarter.
0: <laughs> so no, they, th- in the third quarter. Is it the third quarter?
1: was in the third quarter. Okay, the yeah. third
0: quarter. Uh-huh. I watched some of that game the other day and, and Charlotte's a pretty scrappy team. Uh, FAU just, they were able to pile on the points there in the third. They were down 13 to nothing at the half, ended up winning the game 21 to 17. Like you said, not the most impressive offensive output. They, uh, um, passing. 98 yards passing. Their quarterback, Nick Tronti, went 11 for 22 for 98 yards and two touchdowns. Then rushing, they had uh 270 217 yards rushing. 33 rushes, 217 carries for 6.6 yards, one touchdown by their quarterback, Nick Tronti. 10 carries for 94 yards with averaging 9.4 yards per carry. So, and 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 along of forty nine. So the having a rushing quarterback could be an issue for us, and ha- taking on a team that's really good at running the ball could be an issue for us as well. So hopefully we'll be up to the challenge.
1: Yeah, I mean, and it, Willie Taggart, uh, you know, the head coach. Um, I believe at one point, what wasn't he in the running for? Was he in the running when Hop got hired here, or is that not right? I remember, I've, I've, I've heard his name like thrown
0: around, seems like through the years. Um, no, he, he was, he was at, he was at Western Kentucky. He defeated nope. us in 2012. Who didn't? And then he, <laughs> <laughs> he went off to South Florida. Um, then on to Oregon, then on to Florida state. Right. Never, I mean, he had some decent teams in the stretch at Western Kentucky and, and South Florida, but never really was able to be that impressive at, uh, you know, definitely at Florida State. So, you know, it's it's going to be a, it's it's it would be tough to be an FAU fan this year, going from Lane Kiffin and some of the excitement they were able to have the past few years, and then going to Willie Taggart, where you could see, you know, their starting quarterback is gone. He left the team um, earlier this year, and now you're you're going to primarily it looks like a rushing attack. So, we'll we'll see how it goes.
1: Yeah, I mean, but, you know, at the same time, I, I think that Taggart, his his deal throughout his coaching career, it's um, just kind of been, a, he's, he's an offensive minded guy, puts up points, puts up yards, no matter how you put them up. Um, didn't see it in that first game, but I think that's kind of what he's known for. And, and he's probably getting his bearings a little bit there, too. And I'm not sure if there's any offense that we can completely shut down <laughs> in the world right now. I think we can we can hold our own. I think we can score some points. Um, but I'm not sure there's a, there's a team out there that we're just going to go out and shut out. So uh, we definitely have to be worried. We definitely have to look out for that rushing attack. And don't let that 90 yards passing fool you because, um, you know, as soon as we start thinking that, we'll give up, you know, 350 yards through the air. So uh, it's going to be a good test uh, if we get to play it. Um, you know, you might want to think about this too. Uh, if we do end up playing and they do run the ball a lot – I'm guessing it's probably going to be a little bit windy in Hattiesburg on, on Saturday, so maybe that plays into, um, I don't know, if you ever give a team an advantage, uh, the team that runs the ball better, maybe that would be an advantage there. I mean, that's kind of speculating a lot, but But uh, yeah, man, it's going to be good to be back at the Rock, and, and hopefully we can um, introduce Mr. Taggart to uh, how things go around Hattiesburg.
0: On the flip side of that, so Charlotte the other day, their quarterback, Chris Reynolds, went 24 for 32 for 314 yards and a touchdown, so uh, and no interceptions. So they were able to move the ball through the air. Now, they weren't as fortunate on the ground. They only had 82 yards rushing, averaging two yards a carry and one touchdown. So uh, FAU was able to stuff the run a little bit, and they were more successful through the air. Now, they didn't have Louis Smith blocking the way, so hopefully that's a game changer. <laughs> sure. <laughs> this weekend, we'll see. But, uh, you know, again, they it's like Scotty said on the Coaches Show this week. They've had four – they got four game films on us, and we got one on them. Mm. So, you know, there's – Cheaters. A little, <laughs> cheaters. There's a little advantage. But then on the flip side of that, our guys have got to play together for four games, so. F-A-Me? <laughs> FAU. FAU. FAU, buddy. <laughs> so, hopefully, we get to have that game this weekend. Um, definitely looking forward to it. Well, man, I think we've covered just about everything we can cover on this week's episode. You get any shout outs? I do have some
1: shout outs. Uh, number one, mentioned them before, but our good buddy, Dr. Thomas Royals, has given me tickets to this week's game in the East Club. So, even if it's raining, this guy is not going to be wet. Um, Unless that is, of course, like your wife complains about it, and then my wife and your wife get to sit up in the suite, and you and I are down there getting soaked. But either way, that's cool. Um, And so, thank you to Dr. Royals. And I wanted to give a shout out to Hooks Haussman for getting me set up with basketball tickets today. Uh, They got like um, this—like you pay a fifty-dollar deposit on each seat or something, um, because they don't really know exactly, you know. When the games are going to start or It's just hard for them to do their job right now So it's asking for a deposit But uh, he got me all set up on that and Explained it all to me and, and it was really really easy to do It took like 5 minutes If you guys want to call him I got the number right here It's 601-266-4559 And the last uh, Shout out that I have Is to our good friend Chad Dickens King of the fireball Proud golden eagle uh, Everybody's favorite marine On Twitter I think And he is now a proud Eagle Club member. So, you know, good for you, Chad. It only took you like 40 years of your life to do that, but glad you finally joined the ranks of the Eagle Club uh, Brotherhood. And uh, glad to have you aboard.
0: Two things that I I forgot to mention that I definitely want to talk about on the show. Uh, Number one, the 49ers took on the Philadelphia Eagles Sunday night on Sunday Night Football. Uh, not the best game for Nick. They, they no. kind of had a, a patchwork offensive line. He kind of was getting cream there, but at one point during the show, they talked about Nick and his time at Southern Miss and how he'd beaten all of Brett Farr's records. They didn't mention Austin Davis. They probably should have, <laughs> but they, they played the Southern Miss fight song, had a cool little graphic going there. So it was really, it was, it was cool to be sitting there and then just look up and hear the fight song and just like, what right. is this? Uh, so that was really great exposure for the school. I think everybody got excited by seeing that on Sunday night football
1: yeah that was really cool and then nick kind of laid an egg but you know hey look what what he passed for like 380 last week i mean it's funny how you know these better quarterbacks that are drafted really high can have like an entire bad season and it's okay baker mayfield uh but if you have like a bad quarter and you're nick mullins you know cut him (laughs) you know so anyway nick's gonna be fine um he had a bad game but you know yeah it was definitely cool to see that and uh I don't know. You think our people were involved in some of that, like sending it to them just in case they needed to show the graphic, or I don't know if they did it on their own. They did a damn good job.
0: They probably reached out to media relations to try to get some of that information. Sure. But, but uh, you know, there's no telling. Yeah. But it was it was good to see. Mm-hmm. The other thing I wanted to mention was they they talked about this on the broadcast of the North Texas game the other night. So when Sean Hannity, uh, excuse me, Seth Latrell got hired. <laughs> At North Texas. He looks like a roided out Sean Hannity. That's what I think of every time I see him. Um, when he got hired at North Texas, Scotty, uh, then a very, very young coach wanting to break into the profession, Scotty Walden, went up there and wanted to talk to him and give him his resume. It took like eight hours. Scotty sat up there all day. Finally got to talk to Coach Latrell. Didn't hire him, but Latrell did take the time to talk with him and uh hopefully gave him some words of encouragement. But then Scotty was able to go out there and – his uh, what third game as a D1 head coach and Defeat, the coach that took eight hours to visit with him
1: wow. a few years
0: ago. Wow, so that, a, that
1: is pretty awesome. That a really, is a
0: really cool story. That's incre-
1: hey, I, hey, I got one more shout-out real quick, or, or one more okay. kind of kind of apology, I think, to whoever that was that was on the Mean Green player uh, when Scotty got his Gatorade bath. I think Scotty was going up to him. He probably knew him from recruiting or something. And this poor guy got half of a Gatorade bath, like, in the side of his face. Um, <laughs> so that was unfortunate for that kid, but it was great for Scotty to get the Gatorade bath. And even better to uh, put it in Latrell's face, so
0: very cool. Collateral damage. <laughs> there That's you go. That's the way I look at it. <laughs> well, we'll go ahead and shut it down. Hope you guys enjoyed it. Hope we get to see you this Saturday at The Rock. Hope you and your family stay safe this weekend, wherever this hurricane ends up going. And as always, Southern Miss to the top.